a lot of folks are saying this shouldn't have happened. The university promised all of these reforms, including that housing staff would communicate with police. I mean, that was one of the failures that was highlighted by investigators who looked into McCluskey's case, you know, and the university said that they would fix that. They would streamline the process. And it doesn't appear to have worked in this case. Good Wednesday morning, and welcome back to The Daily Buzz. I'm Palak Jaiswal. On today's episode, reporter Courtney Tanner joins us to talk about the new documents from the University of Utah that acknowledge that the school failed to protect a student that was in danger from a domestic violence situation. Courtney Tanner, I know it's been a busy reporting day for you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So catching up with your latest story about the University of Utah Again, failing to protect one of its students in a domestic violence situation. Can you give us just like a quick what happened and what's going on? That's right. So this is um, the story of Jifan Dong, who was an international student from China, 19 years old, in her first year at the University of Utah. And she was killed in what police are calling a domestic violence related assault um, by her boyfriend, who has been charged with the incident. And yeah, I mean, she essentially the documents that, that we reported on today show that she had gone to the U several times along with her roommate to talk to staff there, mostly housing staff, to tell them that she was concerned about this situation. And all of the interventions that were supposed to be in place did not happen. Ultimately leading to her death in February, correct? That's right. So she had started talking to the U in January. Um, there was a domestic violence related assault at a Salt Lake City motel involving Jafon Dong and her um, at the time then boyfriend. She had broken up with him, um, according to her statements, and then he became violent with her about two days after that. So on January 14th, she started talking to the University of Utah about her concerns. The two of them lived in the same dorm building. And, you know, there's about a month of her talking to the University of Utah and not a lot of action being taken. And then on February 11th, she was killed. And her ex-boyfriend has been charged with homicide, I think, in this. And he's like been arrested. He has. He is currently in jail. He's awaiting a hearing next month on his competency to stand trial in her death. So what what has the university said about what happened? Are they defending themselves? Have they recognized there might have been a mistake here? What's going on? Yeah, this is a really interesting case, Um, as as we all know, but I'll just repeat the context. Um, This comes a little more than three years after Lauren McCluskey was killed, um, also in a domestic violence related incident um, that happened in October 2018. The U, you know, promised reforms in the wake of that. And then here we are in 2022. Um, we have a student who died similarly in a domestic violence related incident. And, you know, the U actually does, you know, acknowledge um, what it calls shortcomings in this case. Um, kind of the, the main one that it takes responsibility for is that housing staff failed to kind of follow the protocols that they'd been trained in, which is that as soon as Jafon Dong came to them and said, you know, I'm worried about this person that I was dating, I have a protective order against him, that should have raised red flags for dorm staff and they should have alerted police to the situation and got them involved. But instead it took about a month for them to get police involved. And so police 
on, on campus weren't um, aware of the situation until February 8th, which is three days before Dong was killed. Well, weren't there some guardrails put in place or at least promised by the university after the McCluskey murder? That's um, honestly kind of the, the point of concern with this story. And, and honestly, with, with, you know, Dong's death overall is that, you know, a lot of folks are saying this shouldn't have happened. The university promised all of these reforms, including that housing staff would communicate with police. I mean, that was one of the failures that was highlighted by investigators who looked into McCluskey's case, you know, and the university said that they would fix that. They would streamline the process. And it doesn't appear to have worked in this case. I mean, the exact same failures happened when Dong reported a pretty similar situation with a former boyfriend. And you've had a chance to talk to Lauren's mom, Jill. What did Jill have to say? Yeah, it, uh, you know, sad situation there, you know, to see this happening again, three years after she lost her daughter, you know, she extended her sympathy to Dong's family and, and said that she regrets that you hasn't made the improvements that it promised to, you know, she said they can't afford to fail because every time they fail another, you know, student or, or roommate or daughter or friend is, is gone. I mean, in this case, you know, Dong's parents lost their only child. So let's get in just to real briefly on some of the reporting. You did not start working on this story today or this week. This has kind of been a long time coming. I think the university had promised or said they were going to release some documentation about this when you started your reporting. Um, but all that kind of quickly came to a head this week, right? Yeah, this has been an interesting process. Um, so after Dong's death, you know, we filed some public records requests, both with the University of Utah and with Salt Lake City Police. Salt Lake City Police initially responded to that first domestic violence assault in January and then helped University of Police when, when Dong's body was found. Um, so we had requested records from both of them, police records, and Salt Lake City Police had provided those, but the University of Utah blocked our request saying that it's an active investigation, and they cited the Salt Lake County District Attorney's Office saying that they had told them not to release anything. And so for months, we've been fighting that, you know, I've been appealing to the University of Utah and, and eventually worked my way up to appeal to the State Records Committee. And at the end of last month, um, my appeal there was granted, and so the U was supposed to turn over the documents that I had requested that I had been granted by July 28th, which is about two weeks from now, um, about a week maybe, um, essentially supposed to turn over the police report in Dong's case when police finally got involved, you know, a, a few days before she died, when campus police got involved. And uh, instead of releasing that to me, they released all these documents to everyone. Um, they cited public transparency five months after Dong was killed. An argument that it sounds like you were making from the beginning. Yes, exactly. Courtney, thank you so much for joining the pod today. Um, I'll let you get back to work. I know there's a lot going on. Thanks, Courtney. Those who are experiencing intimate partner violence or know someone who is are urged to call the Utah Domestic Violence Link Line at 1-800-897-5465 or the Utah Rape and Sexual Assault Crisis Line at 1-888-421-1100. And in case you missed it, my story on the Utah rock band Mellow came out yesterday. They're playing a show at the Soundwell tonight. We'll be back tomorrow with more of the day's biggest headlines. A huge shout out to the Utah band The Pelicans for our music, and to Danny Rubio for producing this episode. 